following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Hello, Artisan Podcast listeners. Pastor Scott Austin here. Thanks so much for listening. As you've probably heard, our church has just launched a fundraising campaign to renovate and expand our children's ministry space and to make our building more accessible and inclusive. It's called Growing in Faith Together. So if this podcast has been meaningful for you, whether or not you are able to attend Artisan in person, I want to invite you to be part of this campaign too. You can visit artisangrowing.com to find out more, to make a one-time donation, or maybe even pledge a recurring gift. Thanks again for listening and for supporting Artisan Church. Enjoy the podcast. Let me tell you where we, we got the idea for how to do this service this way. Honestly, from the, from the calendar, <laughs> which is kind of ironic because I don't really like calendars. I would prefer never to be scheduled about anything, <laughs> um, much to the pain of the people who have to live with me in various different spheres of life. Um, but today is the fifth Sunday of the month, and uh, because of the way our, our um, ministry team schedules run, uh, we have things on the first and second and third and fourth Sunday of the month, because those happen every month, and the fifth Sunday comes around and it's a little bit different. And so we thought, ooh, a fifth Sunday, right in the middle of the capital campaign, should we hire a babysitter? Should we, like, do extra children's programming? Should we, because uh, we don't, the volunteers are not ready to do the fifth Sunday necessarily. We often do family worship on the fifth Sunday, but is that really a good idea during the capital campaign when we really need the adults to have full attention on whatever the important things are that Pastor Scott's going to be saying? And then we realized, just as you've already realized, how backward all of that thinking was. And we thought, this... This whole capital campaign came about because of the fact that we love our children and we uh, want to serve them well and we have some, some challenges in our building uh, about how we do that. And they're an integral part of our life together and including them in our life together is very important to us. And so we are not going to change what we would normally do on a fifth Sunday just because we're in a capital campaign. Uh, we are going to change what we're going to do in the capital campaign. <laughs> and so today is acorns. Um, and uh, before we get into that, I want to read to you the, the text for today. This is Matthew, um, se- selections from Matthew 18 and 19. I'm going to jump around a little bit, and I'm going to read from the message translation, which is a kind of a very plain English style translation of the, uh, of the scriptures. The disciples came to Jesus asking, who gets the highest rank in God's kingdom? For an answer, Jesus called over a child, whom he stood in the middle of the room, and said, I'm telling you once and for all, that unless you return to square one and start over like children, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. What's more, when you receive the childlike on my account, it's the same as receiving me. Another day, children were brought to Jesus in the hope that he would lay hands on them and pray over them. The disciples shooed them off. But Jesus intervened. Let the children alone. Don't prevent them from coming to me. God's kingdom is made up of people like these. After laying hands on them, he left. 
God's kingdom is made up of people like these. People like these. I love that quotation from Ralph Waldo Emerson. It says, The creation of a thousand forests is in one acorn. The creation of a thousand forests is in one acorn. And I want you to get this idea so much that I asked a very special volunteer to go and gather a lot of acorns for us to to have and hold in our hands today. And so um, big, big thanks to Rhea and her family who collected these acorns. Uh, And I'm going to ask Matt, would you pass these out so that everybody can have one? I'm going to take one of my own. I think I like this one. The creation of a thousand forests is in one acorn. I've loved this quotation for years. We, <laughs> nice job, Jackson. Yes. Look. <laughs> God's kingdom is made up of people like Jackson. Right? The creation of a thousand forests is in one acorn. We used this quotation back in our first capital campaign, you know, several years ago, when we were thinking more about kind of like just, just buying the building, just putting down roots. And uh, we talked about how purchasing the building would enable us to plant seeds of ministry for years and decades and maybe generations to come. How prescient was that? So we're reusing this Ralph Waldo Emerson quotation this time. I'm giving you all these little acorns specifically so that we can think about the fact that acorns turn into oak trees. Because this capital campaign has two big tentpole needs, right? The first one is better children's ministry space that can accommodate the many children that we have and the families that we're ministering to. Um, And we're talking about this week. And then next week is the second big tentpole, which is broader accessibility and inclusion. We're going to talk about that next week. Yes, woo! There's an artist in woo for accessibility. I love that. Um, But today, today it's all about the kids. Let me explain to you something that I, I realized not too long ago. This is the way this is typically understood. When you say the thousand, a creation of a thousand forces in a single acorn, here's what it usually means when you're talking about children. By the way, um, this is going to be a very short sermon, right? Because the kids are with us. We have lots of other great stuff planned. So if you are a child or with a child and you're getting a little restless, trust me, it's going to be over before you know it. All right? Uh, but this is what usually happens. And kids, you can tell me if you've ever heard anything like this. Each one of these little children is an acorn. But they will be an adult someday. An oak tree. And then they will be able to accomplish so much. They may be small now, but once they're big, they can really make a difference. So we should take good care of these little acorns and show them the way so that when they grow up, they can be just like us. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> And then we hear the story of Jesus with the children, and we think, boy, Jesus really does love the little children, all the children of the world. Those mean old disciples, they wanted to keep the kids away, but he sure told them. Those disciples didn't understand. They didn't understand that the children are the future. 
That's right. Where's my Gen X people at? I love it. They did not know that one day every little acorn grows into an important oak tree. They didn't know that letting the children get close to Jesus was the best way to help them turn into great adults, productive members of the society. And we, in all of that, very conveniently forget the whole rationale that Jesus gave for the statement that he made, which is that God's kingdom is made up of people like these. And we could throw a word in there. Is this a preposition? God's kingdom is already made up of people like these. What is that? Is that like a a relative pronoun or something? I don't know. I'm supposed to be the humanities person. I always pretend I can't do math. I don't even know what that part of speech is. God's kingdom is already made up of people like these. See, we don't need to treat our kids well so that someday they can be good adults who will worship God like we do. Instead, we need to watch and listen and learn from our kids right now because they are already the ones showing us the way to God. See, oak trees get all the press. But acorns are miracles in their own right. Yes, of course, the children are the future. (laughs) But they're also the present. And we as a church need to invest in our buildings so that we can serve them well now. And, and we do have, by the way, a new video all about that, which we're going to show you in a few minutes. So kids, get excited because we're going to show a video in a little bit, and you might even see yourself in it, if you're lucky, if you were in the right spot at the right time when the video is being shot. But first, I want to remind you about something else, which is our candlelight receptions. Because right? remember, I have promised to make the sermon times during this campaign be actual sermons, not PBS pledge drives. Right? I have not set up all the phones, those old-fashioned phones behind me, with no tote bags, not... Well, we might have our artisan version of tote bags, but that comes later. This is not the PBS pledge drive moment. Because the fact of the matter is, I do need to talk to you about some of the nuts and bolts, some of the nitty-gritty, some of the dollars and cents. Because we have a very big job ahead of us, a job that we all have to take part in. Each and every one of us who cares about artisan has to, has to invest in this project to get through it. And so I'm going to ask you to come to these candlelight receptions. There are two of them, November 5th, which is next Sunday at 6 p.m., November 8th, which is the following Wednesday at 7 p.m., and uh, here's what I'll promise about these. They will be informative. They will be brief. They will not be a guilt trip. There will not be any budget shaming. There will be great refreshments. Of all sorts, including the adult type, there will be child care if it's needed, and there will be a chance for everyone to be a part of this Growing in Faith Together campaign. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do, if you haven't done this already, is go to artisanchurch.com slash RSVP. It is not case sensitive. You can type it in however you want, and that will take you right to a form you answer a few quick questions, put in your name, tell us which one you're coming to and whether you need childcare or not. And then that will get to us and we'll know how to plan for those things, okay? Now, uh, members, let me give you a quick heads up. If you're a member of our church and you do not fill out this form in the next few days, you're going to get an email. <laughs> not from me, from someone else. Uh, so if you have a chance to do that, please do that.
My kids have developed a, a love for the Bible since coming here and they enjoy talking about God or when they hear God mentioned somewhere, they get excited about it. In our children's ministry at Artisan, we use a program called the Sacred Circle with our kids. We spend time together creating a sacred space. We explore Bible stories. We wonder about them, we ask questions, we discuss, we put on plays and read stories and spend time exploring our faith together. We love our time together with the children, but the space that we have is not ideal. So when we uh, pick up our kids, it's kind of like a traffic jam. It's a little crazy. <laughs> it's very difficult to get all of the kids' attention and to move through the activities that we have planned. When there are kids that need a little bit of extra space, we don't have it to offer to them. Our crowded space also makes it difficult to accommodate kids with special needs. You know, as much as I rely on this room, the sanctuary, to be a comfortable place for me, I think the kids need just as much of that for them in their own way. I would love to have a children's ministry space that includes a check-in area, inviting rooms for the kids to be in, space to have our sacred circle, space for kids who need to step away from the group and take a minute, space for kids to be quiet and contemplative and pray. We're so glad that all of our families join us at Artisan. And we would love to have the room for your kids to engage with the Bible and run and play. It's just so beautiful to me to see how our church really comes around our kids and helps them grow in God all together as a family. We're dreaming big about our building at Artisan. And because we have big plans, we need your help. Please join us. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Jesse. I am in charge of the children's ministry here, and we're excited about um, growing in faith together and the possibilities that that brings for our children's ministry. What I get to do with you this morning is lead you in what we would do down there if we were using this Bible story today. So we're going to do a sacred circle. Um, if we were down in our kids' room, we'd have a nice circle rug, and we'd all you know, sit facing each other. We can't really do that in this space. So you can just imagine that we're all sitting down together, looking one another in the eyes, and not just staring straight ahead of me. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, you know, take you right through what we would do. So um, I want you to participate in it and not just be an observer. There will be some questions. You can just shout some stuff out, maybe listen to the kids around you and see what they have to say. So the first thing we do when we have our sacred circle, and I'll start right now is we set up our circle with our sacred objects. I'm going to set up our communion table here. We have our globe, and this is our symbol for God the creator, because God created the whole world. I'm going to move our acorns a little bit here. We have our cross. Kids, what is our cross a symbol for? Our cross is a symbol for God the Son. And we have... Our wind chime. Peter, do you want to you show us what we do with the wind chime? <laughs> we have a wind chime for the God, the Holy Spirit. All right, Pete, you can go back with Daddy now. <laughs> that one's mine. Um, we have our wind chime for God, the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that spirit, the Holy Spirit is like the wind or like our breath. That's right. So we have these special objects that remind us that God the Trinity is with us. 
what am I going to do next? Just wait and see. We also have another special object today, and our special object today is a an acorn. Are acorns big or are acorns small? They're big? You're, they're big and small. Yeah, you know what? Rhea was our acorn collector, and some of, some of the ones she found were teeny, 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 tiny. Some of them are kind of big like this. Right, Peter? <laughs> Can you think of anything that's bigger than an acorn? A giant what? An oak tree is bigger. That's right. Your hand is bigger than an acorn. Can you think of anything? Can you think of anything that's smaller than an acorn? Germs are smaller than an acorn. <laughs> what else? You know what, guys? Can you can you just make your way down there, so mommy? These little berries up here can be smaller than an acorn. Tiny, teeny, tiny flowers are smaller than an acorn. Are there more things that are bigger than an acorn, or more things that are smaller than an acorn? You think mostly things are bigger? You think mostly things are smaller? I don't know. Well, ours. Our story today is about something small, and I have another question for you. Is this small little acorn, is this something that is special and important, or is it something that you would just like kind of throw in the garbage and not pay any attention to? It is special and important. Does it have like a job to do? What did, what did our, the book we just read, what was the acorn's job? It grows and it makes a forest, that's right. So acorns are very small compared to most things we see, right? Some things are smaller. And they're very important because they can do things like grow a whole forest. Our story today is about something that's small and very important. Our story today can be found in the book of Mark. Scott read some of it out of Matthew. It's also in Mark. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. If you'd like to open it in your red Bibles, you can, or you can listen to me. In our story, we learn that some mommies and daddies were bringing their children to see Jesus. And here's what it says. It's Mark 10, 13 to 16, if some of you are still looking it up. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked him. them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. The mommies and daddies were bringing their children to Jesus in real life. Like, we talk about Jesus here, and sometimes it's hard because we can't see him, right? In this story, Jesus was there, and the kids could see him, and they could touch him, and the mommies and daddies wanted them to get a little bit of Jesus' love. Jesus had enough love for all the children in the whole world and all the children who came. But something happened. Some of his friends, the disciples, said to the parents, Go away. Jesus doesn't want your kids here. They thought that Jesus was only for grown-ups. But that made Jesus mad. He didn't like that at all. He said to those people, no, I want the children here. 
I love them. They are special and important. And Jesus touched each child one at a time and prayed for them and blessed them. He showed them how much he loved them by spending time with each one of them. He told the disciples and everyone who could hear, you think that children are small and they can't understand important things. But children are the most special to me. In fact, grown-ups, you should be like children. And then you can understand more important things too, like the kingdom of God. Jesus thinks that kids are really special people. When he was here on earth and we could see and touch him, and still now. Peter, be careful of the fire. <laughs> Grown-ups, we should pay close attention to small people. We have a lot to learn about God from them. We're going to move into a time of prayer. If you still have your acorn, can you hold it right in the middle of your hand? We like to do prayer that has motions and not a lot, not a lot of words. I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of words can get lost on little people. I want you to hold the acorn in your hand, and you can close your hand around it. And I want you to think about our story. And then slowly... If you're willing to, I want you to raise your arms up and pretend to grow like a big, strong oak tree. Okay? And what I'm going to do is give us, like, give us a minute of quiet, and I want you to quietly pray and think about the story, and then you can do it again. So you can put your arms back down, and we're going to just grow over and over two or three times, and then I will close us in a brief prayer. All right. God, thank you for welcoming children, for reminding us how special they are, and for helping us grown-ups to learn from the faith of children. What we're going to do next, you can put your hands down. <laughs> what we're going to do next is our time of blessing. We do this normally down there in the sacred circle. And this morning we have something really special for you. Some of our children are going to give you a blessing when it's time to come up and take communion. So kids, if you are willing to give a blessing, some of you have talked to ahead of time and some of you I haven't, either way is fine. We're going to come up and our symbol for our blessing today is a cross. So the kids are going to dip their finger in water and you can hold out your hand or give them your forehead and they're going to make a cross. And they're going to say to you, thank you for experiencing God with me today. You are a blessing. That's what we say to each of our kids every week. So kids... Um, you can start moving up, and we'll get you set up. And Scott's going to um, move us into a time of communion and blessing. Wow, how wonderful to do the sacred circle with our whole group. Well, uh, at Artisan, we celebrate communion together every week. As an act of remembering the sacrifice of Jesus in the bread, which symbolizes his broken body, and in the cup, which symbolizes his blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, you don't need to be a member of our church to uh, participate in communion. You simply need to be seeking to follow Jesus in this place. And uh, Jesus' presence is real in these elements. And this is a holy and sacred moment, and it's an ordinary and uh, repeatable moment. And uh, today we have this amazing extra thing, um, and that is beautiful. And so I can't wait to, to experience that with all of you. Um, I, I just would like to say also, if you're a person who's not following Jesus, you don't quite feel comfortable taking communion, but you'd like to receive a blessing, 
you can do that too. Just come right up and, and um, skip the table and go right to the, to the blessing line, okay? Well, um, let me invite the band to come back up as I pray, and then we'll, we'll take communion together. God, thank you so much for this beautiful time of worship today, for these beautiful children who are helping us understand you more, and for your son Jesus and his sacrifice. As we celebrate it and remember it and take it into ourselves, uh, we pray that we would draw closer together to each other and to you. Amen. All right, our table's open. Come when you are ready, and let's continue to sing together. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.